Good morning. Let's turn to the scriptures for today from Romans chapter 5, the first 11 verses, the next installment in this glorious letter of good news to us. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Thanks be to God for his word. Thank you, Paul, for that reading of God's word. Um, where I grew up, there was a particular kind of advert. And it went something like this. Lots of flashing and noise and happiness. And here is a product that you really need. And it's only 19.95. But wait, there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive whatever other thing you really need, according to that advert. Well, I want us to look again at Romans 5.10 with, yes, that in mind. Listen to what Paul has to say. If while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, how much more? Now that we are reconciled, will we be saved by his life? From that particular verse, I want us to think about this thought this morning. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus died so that we can be freed from the power of sin and death. We can be reconciled with our creator. But wait, there's more. 
Since we have been reconciled, how much more will we be saved? Because Jesus is alive. Or if we could put it even more simply, the good news of our salvation is not just that Jesus died, as important as that is, but even more that Jesus rose from the dead. Let's pray. Gracious and merciful God, you who loved your fallen creation so much that you sent your son not only to die, but even more to rise. Pour out your spirit upon us this morning, we pray. Let your word be declared. Let your truth go forth that we might be transformed, knowing that we will be saved. Amen. Now, Romans is a very dense and complicated book. There's a lot going on. And if you'll bear with me for just a moment, we're not going to be able to plumb the depths of even these 11 verses. But I think it'll be helpful for us to just reestablish in our minds a little bit of the larger context of what's been going on in Paul's argument up to this point. Paul has been working out a much larger case in the first four chapters of Romans that aims to show that every one of us is a sinner. Every single one of us is therefore an enemy of God. And as one of God's enemies, every single one of us is condemned to death. This has been a major part of what Paul has been trying to establish, especially in the first three chapters of this letter. Nobody, whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, whether you're one of God's special people that we learn about in the Old Testament or someone who belongs on the outside of that group. Nobody escapes this sentence. Even those to whom God gave the law, which itself holds out the promise of life, even those cannot fully obey God's law. The law by itself does not have the power to free anyone from their slavery to sin and death. Paul spends a great deal of time in these first three chapters painting a very bleak picture of the human condition. It looks completely hopeless. Whether you're a Jew whether you know what is good and right because of what God has revealed in his law, or whether you're a Gentile and you know at least something of what is good and right because of what God has revealed more generally in his creation, every single one of us is a slave to sin. And every single one of us deserves the judgment 
of death. All of us have fallen short of the glory of our creator God. It looks completely hopeless. Humanity, it seems, is forever cut off from God. Forever cut off from the very kind of life that we should all hope to enjoy with the one who made us to have relationship with us. But all is not lost. Wait, because there's more. All the way back at the very beginning of Romans, Paul has already spoken about the one thing that brings hope into this desperate situation. The one thing that gives us hope is the good news or the gospel of Jesus' death and resurrection. It is that message, that word about Jesus, that has the power to bring the life that we long to have with our Creator. Remember what Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. I am not ashamed, he said, of the gospel. The gospel is the power of God, which brings salvation to everyone who has faith. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the one who is just by faith will live, not die. The good news about Jesus has the power to do what nothing else can do. Bring salvation. That is to say, the good news about Jesus brings enduring life to those who are otherwise completely and hopelessly enslaved to sin and death. This very salvation, Paul has said, is not limited only to the Jews. And I, for one, praise God for that, because I am a Gentile. I am not one of God's special called people from the Old Testament. I belong on the outside, and maybe you do as well. But even those who are not a part of that Old Testament people can receive this salvation precisely because this salvation was promised to Abraham. And it was promised to Abraham for all those who, just like Abraham, would hear the word about God's promises and believe that God has the power to do what he was promised, what he has promised he would do. That last point, in a nutshell, is what Paul was talking about in Romans 4. As he thinks about the bigger story of Abraham. Abraham received the promises of God. 
And Abraham was declared to be just. He was declared to be in the right because he believed the word that God had said to him. Abraham simply had faith in God. And now, because of Jesus, all of us who have faith like Abraham can receive the promise of life. That is essential to the good news. And that is the big argument that Paul has been working out over the last four chapters up to this point. But we might want to ask, what exactly is this good news? What is the message about Jesus that has the power to bring salvation and to bring enduring life to those who deserve death, but who hear and believe the word about Jesus? At the very end of Romans chapter 4, verse 25, Paul gives us a highly condensed version of the good news about Jesus. Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins. But wait, <laughs> there's more. He was raised to life for our justification. Not only was Jesus handed over to death in order to free us from our enslavement to sin. We are going to learn a lot more about this as we continue to work through Romans 5 and 6 over the next few weeks. But not only was Jesus handed over, even more, God also raised him up to life so that we can have justification. Now, justification, that's a great big word. I once sat under a preacher who used to use these big theological words and then stop and say, preacher, what is you talking about? Preacher, what are we talking about? Justification. That's not a word I throw around in my vocabulary every day. But the idea is pretty simple. Justification means that we can be made right. Yeah? I don't know about you. But I know that I'm not all right inside. You and I Every single one of us in this room today is fundamentally broken inside. That's what Paul has been reminding us of in the first three chapters of this letter. We are broken people. And sometimes... When all of the distractions that we use to entertain ourselves and to look away from the problems quiets down, sometimes 
in those moments when we sit with our thoughts and our gaze even temporarily turns inside, we realize that we are broken people. Some of us live in that brokenness in much more palpable and powerful ways than others. Some manage to find ways to avoid thinking about their brokenness. But some of us are trapped. We see that we are not right. But here's the good news. By faith, in the word about Jesus' death and resurrection, God can fix our brokenness. That is part of the good news. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we can know that God is going to make us right. Justification. That's justification. We are going to be all right. But how does this work? That's a dangerous question to ask. For the next few chapters of Romans, basically chapters 5 all the way through the end of Romans chapter 8, Paul is going to play out some explanations for how this good news reconciles us to God and how that means that we're going to be saved. Here, in Romans 5, 1 through 11, he offers a very condensed version of many of the arguments that he's going to play out. He repeats these arguments again in a certain kind of way at the very end of Romans chapter 8. So, stay tuned. We're going to be working through some of these very arguments. Yes, there's more. But let's just look at a few points that Paul makes here in these first 11 verses. Because Paul actually starts in Romans 5 verse 1 by pointing us right back to the very claim he made at the beginning of the letter about the power of the good news about Jesus. Romans 5 1 says, now that we have justification by faith, we have peace with God. Now that Jesus is making us right, we, if we believe that word, have peace with God. But notice how Paul is echoing language from a text that he cites in a couple different letters. Habakkuk 2.4. At the very beginning of Romans, when Paul talks about the power of the gospel, he says, it is the one who is just by faith who will live. Paul points us back to this citation from Israel's scripture to show us right here at the beginning of chapter 5 that there is hope. The gospel has the power to bring salvation to those who have faith, 
those who believe the word about Jesus are the ones who will live because they are the ones who are just. They are the ones who are justified. Because Jesus died for our sins, but also because he's been raised for our justification, we have peace with God simply by believing God's promises. This is what God has promised to you this morning. By faith, you can be made right and you will live. Do you believe the word Jesus, the one who died, but more, who rose again from the dead, is making you right. And all you have to do is believe the good news about him. But still, we might want to push a little. How exactly does this work? Well, first of all, Paul tells us that Jesus' death means that we have been rescued from sin and death. We, through the death of Jesus, have been reconciled to God. That is part of what it means when Paul talks about reconciliation. We were God's enemies. We stood on the side of the kingdom of darkness. We were actually enslaved to our sin. And because of that, we deserve death. But Jesus was handed over to death because of our sins. And because Jesus was willing to die for us, we are no longer enemies of God. Now, as Paul says in these very verses in chapter 5, we have access to God. We are friends of God, sisters and brothers. We can approach God's throne boldly. Imagine doing that when you're one of God's sworn enemies. But now, because Jesus died, we are reconciled. We have been set free. We not only have complete confidence that we are God's friends because of Jesus' death, there's more. We also, when we confess that Jesus has been raised from the dead, know that we will be saved. As God's enemies, we faced only one outcome, and that is God's wrath. God's wrath ultimately expressed in a pervasive, continuing, never-ending enslavement to sin and death. But while we were in that very state, hostile to our Creator, going our own way, choosing more often than not to flaunt the very things that we knew and know we ought to do, at that very point, 
as God's enemies and in our weakness, God showed how much he loved us and how much he loves his creation by sending his son to die and redeem us from our slavery. This is exactly what Paul is driving at in verses 6 through 8 of Romans chapter 5. You see, he says, at just the right time, when we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Hallelujah! Christ did what you cannot do. Christ did what I am incapable of doing. By dying for us, he has released us from our slavery. God, Paul says, demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But wait. Because there's more. In Romans 5.10 again, Paul says, If, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his own son, how much more? How much more? Not just a little more. Not just some cheap trinket on the side. But how much more? Having been reconciled, will we be saved through his life? A few weeks ago, when our brother Steve Holmes was preaching, he talked about Jesus dying and saving us in every way in which we need to be saved. There is not a single part of us which is not saved by our Lord Jesus. But this verse right here shows us not only that we needed to be saved, and not only that we need to be saved right now, but there's more. We need to be saved in the future. There is so much more to the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, than simply his death for us. And there is so much more about the good news of Jesus Christ than simply our salvation as a past reality. There is also the fact that right now, Jesus is alive. And because Jesus rose from the dead... We will be saved by his life. Here we need to jump ahead, as it were. We need to think a little bit about how Paul's argument will unfold in the next few chapters. We're not obviously going to look at that in any kind of detail. But we will come to one of his great concluding comments. I'm not sure if I put this slide on there. Slide 10, there it is. Slide 10. Romans 8, 34. As Paul wraps up 
everything he's been saying between 5, 1 through 11 and where he ends up in 8, 34 through 39, Paul says this, who is the one who condemns? There is no one. Why? Christ Jesus died. Yes. But, wait, there's more. Because he was raised to life. And right now is at the right hand of God, interceding for us. That is the how much more. It is not just that we have been saved in the past. It is that we are being saved and kept right now because Jesus did not stay dead. Our Lord Jesus was handed over for our sins. But then God raised him up. And in the resurrection, there is a how much more. The good news that has the power to save us is not just about the death of Jesus that sets us free. It is also that right now, because Jesus is alive, he is actively interceding before God the Father for you. Right now, Jesus, as God's right-hand man, has the ear of our Creator. And he is speaking words of forgiveness, of mercy of encouragement, Jesus is praying for you. What could possibly separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord if our very Lord Jesus is interceding for us? Paul's answer nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing in all of creation that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus died? Absolutely yes. But there's so much more. Not only has Jesus died for you, he rose again from the dead for you. He ascended to the right hand of his Father for you. And praise God, he is interceding right now for you and for me. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And if we have faith in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Not only 
Are we reconciled to God, becoming his friends because Jesus was willing to be handed over to death on account of our sin? There's so much more. We know that we will one day have the same resurrection life that God gave to his son, Jesus. We know this not only because Jesus died, but even more because he is alive right now, actively interceding before the Father for us. That is the good news of the gospel. And that is truly wonderful news. Because I couldn't save myself from the enslaving power of sin. And I don't know about you, but I continue to find that darkness has a little hold there. I still struggle and wrestle with my sin, and probably you do as well. And so it is good news that Jesus not only died, but even more rose, ascended, sits at God's right hand, and intercedes for us. Because Jesus lives now for us, we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We will be fully and completely saved in every possible way that we need to be saved. Jesus lives for us. It is by his life that we will be saved. As we come to the end of this message this morning, I think it's only appropriate to extend a call to anyone here this morning who has not yet believed the word about Jesus. If you are here this morning and you know that you are broken inside, if you can look inside and see that you stand on the wrong side of God, then hear the good news. Because the good news is not just for me, it is also for you. There is no one on their own who is righteous. There is no one on their own who can free themselves from the grip of the power of darkness. But there is one who is Lord of all, and he died for you. And if you believe the word about this Jesus, then there is so much more. Because by his life, you can be saved. I'll be at the front. You needn't talk to me, but I'll be at the front if you'd like. For those of us who know this word, who confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, let us go forth in joy, knowing that our Lord intercedes for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit.